In the name of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. December 25th had come and gone, and I realized, oh my goodness, I have one more Christmas gift of somebody I forgot to go get something. So I had in mind a kind of what I wanted to go get this person, and I was on my way in to Publix, and the Christmas spirit caught me. I was going to go buy one of the alcoholic beverages, or an adult beverage, that you can drink and find in the normal public shopping section. And as I was going in the doors, I thought to myself, you know, I'd like to show this person just how valuable they are to me. So I said, I'm going to take the right and go down and get something a little more special at the Publix liquor store. So, <laughs> as this, I thought I had the perfect little plan in mind, and what I had forgotten was the next day I was leaving on an airplane to go join Ashley and my boys up in Maryland uh, just for a little break uh, last weekend. And as I was uh, going to do that, I realized I had placed my, you know, check the list twice when you're traveling, you don't want to forget your identification. So I had taken out my driver's license and put it and left it out of my wallet. So it dawned on me that was happening as I was entering the store to buy this gift, and I was like, surely I look old enough that I will not need my identification, but that was not the case. As I would bring up the select gift that I was choosing, and the, the I say gentleman, he must have been 18, and maybe, maybe this was his first job, and he said, sir, it is our policy to seek your driver's license for me to sell this to you. And I said, look at me. I'm bald, I've got the two-tone beard going on, Surely, surely you can make this happen. And he said, I'm sorry, sir. I'm not going to be able to sell it without identification. So I had to leave and come back another day. And it wasn't the same guy. So I, I hope to run into him again. For He did his job well. But of course, it ruined my convenience. But con identification is something we consider this morning. Sometimes, unexpectedly, we see things that where we are required to have our identification or things that are identified to us. Well, that is a topic of our four powerful verses we have in our gospel that Father Joe read for us this morning. Today is the first Sunday after the Epiphany, also known as the Baptism of our Lord. And in the baptism of our Lord, we have identified, identification for us, just how Jesus is the Lord and Savior, the Messiah for all of us. That is what Matthew is hinting at, is these, the identification that is given as we consider four profound verses that we see. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. As you heard Father Joe reading, Jesus has traveled 60 miles from the Galilee region all the way to the Jordan River, where there is John the Baptist and a group of people waiting there for the baptism of Jesus. As we consider where we have been over the past six weeks or so at Advent, we were waiting for the coming of the King. 
And then at Christmas in the beautiful season, we saw, we celebrate the coming of the babe in the manger. And then last week, the readings pointed to Epiphany, the wise men that would come from the east, these kings that would say, here is the king of kings. And that led us to John the Baptist heralding, there is one coming who will save the world. And then today, we have John the Baptist, the baby has grown up into the man, Jesus. And in our gospel, we see John the Baptist, as well as the full Trinity, displayed coming out as a coming out of the ministry of Jesus Christ. It was the ministry launching at Jesus being 30, where Jesus is there with John the Baptist, and then we have the Holy Spirit descending and anointing Jesus, descending like a dove is the language that is used. And then we hear from the Father, from the Godhead, one of only three times in the New Testament, this is my Son, who I am well pleased with. It is the declaration The Trinity coming together to unleash in the baptism of Jesus, Jesus on his way to the cross. The three years of recorded deeds that we have, and then his trial, his death, and his rising again. This is what the baptism all points to. Now there is an author and a pastor named Warren Weasley, who he, he actually points in one of his books to six different things in the baptism of Jesus that actually show us that are these identifications that identify him as the one true Messiah. I'd like to share two of those with you today. One of those being that the baptism of Jesus anticipates his death and resurrection. And the second being in that word identification, how Jesus identifies with all of us in our humanity. So I'm going to point to two characters that are not in our story today that actually help us unpack these two identifications of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as the promised Messiah in his baptism One of those, where do you in the Old Testament recognize, just as we see in Jesus' baptism, water and a dove? Where do you recognize in the Old Testament that same thing? The story of Noah and the flood. We probably all know it as we heard it as children and several times as we've probably been in church. It is that time where there was a sinful nature on earth like we had never seen before. And God, water can be used as as we know it as a cleansing thing as we see in baptisms, but back then it is also used as judgment. And There was a sin on the world in this story of Noah that God said, you and eight of your family and all the animals build the ark and I will save you from these waters that are going to wipe out the sin on the earth. And we hear as that is happening in the 40 days of waiting, sure enough, the rain comes and Noah and his family that are on the ark are elevated out of the waters as sin is being wiped off of the earth in the flood. 
And this is the, we probably all know that story, but maybe we don't know the story as it continues to unfold. As they are out there and floating and waiting, at first they send, Noah sends a raven out to see if some kind of hint of land could be found. The raven never comes back. And why is that? You know what ravens eat? Dead things. The raven never comes back because it is a all-you-can-eat smorgasbord that <laughs> Noah has sent the bird out. So now he chooses a dove, which represents the Holy Spirit. And as we're talking and building this, the dove goes out in circles and circles in circles, and come, but never leaves Noah. Noah's name can actually translate to a place of rest or a place of comfort. And as they are in that, are we ever going to see land again, or are we going to just die out here after our food runs out on the ark? The dove descends upon Noah in the place of rest and comfort on the seas that have come to wipe out sin in the world. And eventually, it comes. They have a new, land, a new life to live as land is found. And what happens to Noah at that point? He gets drunk, he has a sinful life and gets exposed, and he brings a curse upon his grandchildren, which we are still dealing with. The sin that was supposed to die in the flood remained in the hearts of the eight that were on the ark. It's part of the story we may too easily forget. Then we jump to our friend known as the dove. Actually, you may know him as Jonah. Jonah's name translates to the dove. And in the story of Jonah, he is tasked by God, go preach repentance to the Ninevites. But there was just one problem with Jonah. He hated Gentiles in general, and especially the people of the city of Nineveh for the atrocities they, they had treated his people with. So Jonah flees. He jumps on the first cruise ship that he can, going the opposite way from Nineveh. And we know the story. This is a baptism of sorts. As Jonah is on that ship saying, I'm going to go nowhere near Nineveh, he winds up overboard from the boat he's on, and a sea creature come and swallows him. And he descends into a, a gastro-nasty Hades inside of the sea creature, the big fish. And he is broken. The selfishness that he has inside the belly of the whale, and he, has, he goes under, dies to himself, a sort of spiritual death, and you've probably never thought of resurrection in this way. He is barfed back up. <laughs> he has gone under, died to himself, and resurrected again. And he goes and preaches what might be one of the greatest recorded revival sermons ever, and 400,000 people are repentant. repentant. But what after that, as that story continues to unfold, he hates that, he has, that God has used him to forgive a people that he hates as they repent. And he actually throws a pity party and he goes into a very deep depression. Now why am I telling you 
all of this. Remember what Warren told us in the two things. Jesus' baptism anticipates the resurrection as well as how it identifies with us. Maybe you are like Noah, or maybe you are like Jonah. As we walk in this world on our day-to-day, we can all too easily see a sinful world that is out there. And through the baptism of Jesus Christ, sin is eradicated and yet still remains. As with Noah, it was still in their hearts and it carried on. So in all purposes, Noah failed and sinned again after the new life and resurrection had come. Jonah brought selfishness. The sin that was supposed to die in the belly of the big fish or the whale remained in the heart of Jonah. And as the story progresses, he in his own power could not do it in his own strength. But this is why, considering today, the baptism of Christ shows us that he is the true Messiah, our Lord and Savior. Because without him, we may find ourselves too much like Noah and like Jonah, externally seeing sin all around us, internally like Jonah, being too selfish to what the Lord might want from our lives or what he may ask of us. This is why our baptisms, they all point to Christ and why it is such a pivotal point in the Christian journey. Baptism unites us to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it, it, of course, it points back to the family of all the Christians all the way to Christ that have come before us, but it also solidifies our destiny that we can try and try, but eventually we fail. How many of you have made New Year's resolutions? Maybe I'll read a little bit more. Maybe I'll join Bishop Howard in his Read the Bible in 90 Days program, but you are already fallen off of your task. Maybe I'll pray a little bit more, and you're already not keeping up to the two weeks ago resolutions that you made. This is looking at Noah and Jonah Their baptisms and the unconventional ways that they came didn't make them perfect. And our baptisms do not make us perfect. But we are perfectly forgiven by the cross of Christ because we are his. And from that forgiveness, the old dying and the new coming through death and resurrection, we can now walk in his full grace being redeemed and knowing sin no more. That is what we consider today, the new identities that we are grafted into the death and resurrection of Jesus. All praise be to the Lord and Savior who made this way and made it possible for us all. Amen. Amen.